0: I know everybody's freaking out about the weather. I'm not buying. And yes, I've been to Buffalo a time or two. I'm not buying. What I am buying is that both teams will pass the football. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Steelers versus Bills, week one of the National Football League playoffs, 1.02 p.m. kickoff at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. And yes, that is when kickoff will occur and where kickoff will occur, depending on the forecast that you might have seen, heard, or read. There could be anywhere from 0.5 inches of snow on the field to four and a half feet. Like, the entire Buffalo metropolitan area could be wiped off the map permanently, but I'm guessing it won't be. I've been in that stadium whenever they've had to bring out people to clean off the yard lines. Like every time there was a whistle, just so that the players could see where the field was. And if that happens, it happens. But we have reached the point in football where it's really, really, really rare to see anyone just say, that's it. We're not throwing the football. We're just going to run. That would require... Oh, boy, Uh, mud, which doesn't happen as much anymore uh, with the way fields are maintained or artificial or hybrid. It would also require really, really low visibility and really high winds. Now, the latter is also in the forecast, and we'll see how that comes to pass. The single most predictable thing about western New York weather is that you have no earthly idea what it's going to do. So, responsibly, keeping that in mind, I believe that you're still going to see both teams throw the ball. Maybe not as much as if it were some, you know, indoor, pristine temps, pristine conditions kind of game, but you're going to see it. I have a strong feeling that's what the Steelers are preparing for on their end, and there'd be no reason to think that the Bills wouldn't do that since they have Josh Allen on their side. But guess who's back on the Pittsburgh side? That's right, Minka Fitzpatrick confirmed yesterday that he is, in fact, going to play. That's not a surprise. It had been suggested for a while now. But it's still significant. It can be easy to forget, when great players are out, the impact that great players can have. And my feeling is that this great player, who, by the way, is overdue for his first truly great game of the 2003 season, could be massive in this one. Think about it. Allen's thrown 18 interceptions this year. 18. Now, he's also thrown for 29 touchdowns and a whole bunch of yards and 11 wins and all that other good stuff. But 18 interceptions is the second most in the league. And in a low-scoring game, an interception, especially one that is followed by a nice return, can be all it takes to swing the score in one direction or the other. And nobody's in a better spot to do that, meaning based on his background and voluminous precedent, than Minka is. If that sounds like I'm drawing up something based on hope or wishing or whatever, look at Allen's 18 interceptions another way. He's thrown at least one interception, in 14 of Buffalo's 17 games. That's a pretty equal opportunity distributor of picks. Go over his career, six years in the NFL, 79 interceptions. It's not like he gets into a rut. It's not like he just runs into a hot opponent that'll pick him three or four times. It's just that he's money in the bank as far as an interception goes. The Steelers are going to have at least one interception in this game according to, well, everything. And bringing Minka into the mix only cements that. Because if all that Minka does is scare Allen off a little bit or force him to one side or to the other, that helps the rest of the guys in the secondary, or even linebackers that drop into coverage, have their own opportunities at interceptions. But there's another factor in this too, and it's something that Terrell Austin brought up yesterday before practice on the south side. Well, he, he doesn't just about everything for him, obviously he can run, he can throw, uh, he can improvise. Uh, So the biggest thing for us, I think like most people, you probably go into the game and you wanna make sure that you uh, try to keep him contained. not let him get outside the pocket where he can really make some damage uh, and, and try to limit his explosives. And, and, and you just go into the game with that and you just have to keep plugging away knowing that uh, he's a great player and he'll probably make a play or two and, and we just can't let that snowball and we got to you know, fight back and, and, and make our plays when they're available. See, that's the way the Steelers have always played Allen, defensively. That's always been their focus. They kind of treat him the way they have Lamar Jackson. They collapse in from the sides. They make sure above and beyond anything else that he doesn't get loose out of the pocket, possibly for a run, because he can turn that into something significant. And if he gets comfortable with it, he can turn it into a lot of something significant. Not to mention freeing himself up to hit. Stefan Diggs or whoever, downfield. The Steelers are 1-3 when they've faced Allen, so it's not like they've had a ton of success against him overall, but they have been good at this. Missing T.J. Watt will hurt this facet, which is why I expect Marcus Golden to get most of the snaps in T.J.'s absence, but also to keep things pretty simple they're not going to ask Marcus to get after the quarterback nearly as much as they are to contain him. The same will probably go for Alex Highsmith on the other side, although that kind of comes naturally for Highsmith anyway. If they can do that, if they can limit Allen to his little pocket and just let him take the risks that he usually does, there's going to be an interception Maybe more than one. And that could be enough all by itself to make the difference. Luxembourg Garbett, Kelly and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV-rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888 842 5454 lgkg Today's J1Q comes from Slim, who says, Hey DK, when I look at the playoffs, I don't see one dominant team. I think any team has a chance to have success. How much do you think this helps the NFL... And its product, love the show, keep up the good work. I appreciate that, Slim. I, I'll i be honest here, and I don't know how many people are going to appreciate this. I don't think anybody cares. I don't think anybody at League Headquarters cares. Uh, there's so, so, so much emphasis. Most of it, crazy, wacky, conspiratorial stuff. And yeah, I know I brought up something like that yesterday, but this is different. This is League-wide. That they want this team to win or that team to win or this quarterback to advance or some other storyline to make it through. The people who have these jobs, and I've had an opportunity over the years to meet a good number of them, are just like you and me. Okay. The people who work at league headquarters, whether it's NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, whatever, they're, Workers working at a job, and a lot of them come from a lot of different places. Now, yeah, there's going to be a New York-centric feel to a place like that because that's where the league is headquartered. So you're going to have, especially employees that aren't necessarily in decision-making roles, they're going to be New Yorkers. You're going to hear a lot of people at all of those various HQs sound like New Yorkers. But when you're talking about the higher-ups, either within the league or within the Players Association, for that matter, because there's influence to be had there as well, or in the upper ranks of the officiating element, you will see that there are people from all over, including, I should add, Western Pennsylvania, which has had an inordinately high influence the sport of football for about a century and change now. So, if you look at the, the Roger Goodells, if you look at Demaris Smith, Troy Vincent, people who are really, really influential in football, again, whether it's the league or the union operations, you'll see that they, they come from all different backgrounds, different teams, uh, different playing or coaching affiliations. And that as a result, this is kind of why. Well, no, this is entirely why I turn up my nose anytime I hear somebody, they really hate the Steelers or they're out to get the Steelers. Why? Why? Why would they care one way or the other about the Steelers? Why would they care if the Steelers win or lose? And also, who is they? Give me some names. You can even open up the league's directory and see who shows up. Pick a random name. Then go check their background on Wikipedia or whatever, see where they're from, and then ask yourself, why would they hate the Steelers? And then from there, this is the part that really stands out for me, what could they do about it if they wanted to? Think about the number of they's that would need to be involved in screwing over the Steelers. So I'm sorry, I, I digressed there a little bit, but... There's not a sentiment. There just isn't. You might have somebody, say, for example, who is part of the broadcasting arm, who would say to themselves and to nobody else, man, it sure would be nice if I could get a New York team and, let's say, Dallas into the mix. Notice I didn't say L.A. because nobody in L.A. cares about either the Rams or the Chargers. But if you said New York and Dallas or Philadelphia and Chicago, you would have something because you would just be going on plain old numbers. But then they don't even need that. This is the NFL. The beautiful thing about the NFL is that one of the athletes with the highest profiles— over the past decade, has been someone who spent, up until this past year, his entire career in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a village by professional sports standards. It didn't matter. Why? Because the NFL has a salary cap. The NFL shares its revenue. The NFL makes sure that it's fair footing for everyone, and they don't care. If you're in New York or Green Bay, because the fans don't care if you're in New York or Green Bay, they'll still find you. They'll still watch your team if it's worth watching. So does parody, like what you're describing, please the people in the league office? I mean, I'm sure it does to an extent, because part of their argument that they and any other league with a salary cap makes in favor of the cap is that it it keeps things fair, it keeps things even. If your team sucks year after year after year in a cap league, then you suck. Your decisions suck, okay? It's not about whether or not you can spend as much as the next team. It just means you've hired a bunch of dopes and you need to do better. Whereas if you win a ton in football or even build yourself some kind of i don't like using the patriots because you know all that shady stuff some other team were to go on some kind of dynastic run i'd have no problem with it really win every year if you're that much smarter and you have that much better of a, a culture and camaraderie and everything else go ahead and win it every year no problem but again that's the beauty of the nfl There really isn't a need to have a favorite or a preference or even to cheer for parody. I appreciate the question. A really good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And again, this thing is going to run every bleeping day until your favorite football team is out of the tournament. So we'll be back with a new Daily Shot of Steelers tomorrow.